would like to welcome you all here this morning. And we'll begin the service this morning. We'll sing number 42, Let Him In. Number 42. Just thinking about the song that we're singing. There's a stranger at the door. It begins that all. It's the way it begins. And says he's been there oft before. Is he a stranger? 
Do you not understand who is at the door? Who has been there constantly offering to us? Now admit the heavenly host, the heavenly guest, admitting. Let him into your life. And I know there's some that knows that here. They have, he's no stranger to them at the door. They understand who is there. And then in one place it says there, He will speak your sins forgiven. He will speak your sins forgiven. And when earth ties are riven, He will take you home to heaven. A promise. Those are the words that we can have in our heart, in our mind, and we can have hope, and we can have peace of eternal life when we leave here. And we can know that while we're here upon the earth. And if we don't know that of a surety today, if you don't know what would happen to you when you, if the God calls for his work out of you today, if he calls for your life, where will you spend eternity? And I know that's a question that every one of us needs to know of a surety because it's a promise from Jesus Christ that I'll send to you a comforter. I'll give to you that new birth. Christ told Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again. And if you are born again, you've got that new life new birth, new spirit. And it takes all the things out of our life that one time we looked upon and we enjoyed the pleasures of sin for a season. But it never brought us the true happiness that we were looking for. There was always something that was there still continuing on and on and on that we needed something to fill that void. And there's only one thing that can fill it. That's the love of Jesus Christ. The mercy of God. And we can receive that by taking our own individual condition to Jesus Christ, believing on Him, putting our trust in Him, repenting of our sins, and then letting that Spirit of the Holy Ghost direct us from that point on. That is the way of salvation. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know what gospel in, the, in its original, I believe, Greek or Hebrew word there, it, it meant happiness or great joy, good tidings. That was what the that's what gospel actually meant. Today we use it in a total different way. But think about that. He preached the gospel to us. What was that? Preaching great joy, bringing joy to us, peace, happiness, a good message. That was what it was when somebody said, I want to bring you the gospel to you. I had a good message. I have a good message I want to give to you. 
And that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is today. It is a good message to give to each and every one of us today. And it's a message that we can use to have eternal life. A message we can use then to give us peace, hope, happiness. Let's keep these things in mind and let's just thank the Lord. Thank Jesus Christ for what he has done for all of us. God the Father sent him here. And he overcame the world for you. He overcame it all. And he was resurrected out of that tomb victorious over death so that we can be victorious over eternal death today. And I want us to just to think and understand all of these things and give him the honor and the glory because it's, it's certainly not our works. It is through him. And it's because of what he did. Because of the love of God and the grace of God, the power of God, that we can be a part of it today. So let's give him the honor and the praise and the glory this morning as we start out this service. And I want your attention this morning. I want your attention so that you hear his word. And you can help, it can help you to draw closer and nearer to him. I want us to think about this is the very first Sunday of the year of 2024. 2024, it just seems like a few years ago, it was the, the turn of the century, 2000, and now it's been almost 25 years. We're going on the 25th year now. And when I stop and I see how quick time goes by, it will just be a few more days, a few more opening the eyes and closing the eyes each and every day. And my life will be gone. My life here upon the earth, let's say it, put it that way, my life here upon the earth will be gone. And yours will too. But we can be looking forward to eternal life because Jesus Christ made it available to us. Listen carefully, friends. We will spend eternity somewhere. He has paid the price for every one of us. He has made it available. You know, we look around, people do today a lot of times, and they, they, they may not have the means here upon the earth. They may be living in a very poor condition. And they may look around and see some very nice home somewhere and people that have all the things that they need. But there's no way in the world for them to get that, basically, except if they go out and try to work and save and do everything that they can. Sometimes they can elevate themselves up to it, but a lot of times they stay in that, that just poor condition all of their life, and they never get out of it. But you and I today can have a, a look at eternal life. We can have a look of that mansion, we can have a look of a better place that we go. And when, we, when we're here in our undone condition, we are poor, wretched, miserable beings. And we can never reach to that 
new birth, that new heaven on our own. We could go out and we could try to do all that we wanted to. We could try to live this way and that and do these things and do that, and we'd never get there. We'd end up in the same condition, in that lost condition. But you can know Jesus Christ because he paid the price. He did it all for us. And if we will go to him and put it into his hands, he says, I will give to you. And then we can attain to that beautiful eternal life. We can have that. We can get out of this poor, wretched, miserable being that we are in when we come here to the earth. Dead spiritually. We can have it all removed. And we can be assured of a better life. A new life. What do we want? Do we want to stay in poverty right on and on? And then live in hell eternity? Or do we want to get out of this miserable life that man is in today? that we're born in, that we have, that we're inherited, we can get rid of it just by taking it to Jesus Christ, kneel at the cross, leave your burden there. He says, at your throne, that's where it is. That's where we need to be, each and every one of us. At the throne of Jesus Christ, there is much forgiveness there. There is life there, eternal life. I recommend to you that you seek that above all other things and have that charity that he talks about. That charity of love that is above all other things. He says hope, faith, faith, hope, and charity. But he says the greatest of these is charity. And how can you have that? There is only one way that we can have that, that kind of love. And that's being born again. That's having that new spirit. Then we can have that. But that is the only way. So let's just remember these things that it's not our works it's the works that Jesus Christ did here upon the earth and we can do the same if we put it into his hands and walk with him each and every day Turn to John this morning. I think I read a little bit in the beginning of John first here today. Let's turn to the third chapter of John. It's a chapter that we talk about quite often. The things that we've just been talking about here this morning. But I want to read that. It's here. I want us to everyone totally understand what he's talking about here. Because it 
is whether or not we have eternal life or whether or not we spend eternity in hell. It's what he's talking about right here in this third chapter of John. And I want us to all to listen carefully to it and ask the Lord to open your mind so that you understand it fully of what he is talking about here. In the third chapter, there was a man, man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, a man in prosperity maybe, a man that people looked upon. He was a Pharisee and he was a ruler there among the Jews. Should have understood something about the Jewish rule, the Jewish law, the Jewish religion. He should, and I know it, I feel like he did understand that of, of something about it. But they listen to what he said. He understood. He he understood that he needed something more, I believe. Because the same came to Jesus by night. He came in a subtle way. He came so that the rulers, his other peers, may not see that he was seeking something from Jesus. Here he was a Pharisee. He was a ruler. Those Pharisees and scribes and the different ones were the ones that were trying to put Jesus off the earth. They were trying to tell people how he was a devil and he was not the son of God. But this man could see something different. And what did he do? He came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now I want us to everyone, is, can we see that today? Can you see what Jesus Christ did upon the earth? And are you willing to put it into his hands just as he did? Go to him and say, Rabbi, Master. Now if we're willing to say, Rabbi, Master, Teacher and that you are come from God, we're going to believe what he says if we believe that all those things are true. Listen to how he came to him again, how Nicodemus came to Jesus. And he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. I know today that Jesus Christ was a teacher. He was the Son of God, and he came from God. I did not see him as Nicodemus was seeing him there, but I know that just as much as I believe as Nicodemus was able to see it and know it and understand it today because of what I have seen spiritually and what I have seen him be able to do here in our life as we live here upon the earth. I believe that. For no man doth the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And no man can give us and send to us what he is about to talk about except God be with him. Now let's go on and let's see what Jesus had to say to this man. And Jesus answered and said unto him. Now here he was, Nicodemus was bringing this to him and telling him how he believed upon him. Now what did Jesus do? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he wanted his attention, and I want your attention today. Verily, verily. Now this is what Jesus Christ said to this man that was seeking help. I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Now I want us to all to take into that. Except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now let's go on and let's read and see what he was actually talking about. Jesus just brought this right out to him immediately. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Look and see. We all know Nicodemus knew that would be impossible. What is Jesus talking about? He says, how can a man, a full-grown man, enter into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus just told him very plain and clear there. He says, except you be born again, you cannot be a part, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. I want us to listen. He tells it very plain and clear what he's talking about and how we can be a part of that. Nicodemus didn't understand it. There's people here today maybe does not understand what he's talking about. But I believe every one of us would be just exactly like what Nicodemus had said. It is impossible for a man to return to his mother's womb and be born. That natural birth. But Jesus Christ was not talking about the natural birth. He says there is two births. You have to have that natural birth and you have to have the spiritual birth. And every one of us that is here today has had that natural birth. And I believe everybody here would agree that you have had the natural birth because you are sitting here and you have life. Do you understand now about what he's talking about, the spiritual birth? Let's go on and let's read and see what he t said to Nicodemus when Nicodemus told him that and he did not understand what he was talking about. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell where it, whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Now let's go back and let's talk a little bit about what he's saying here. Now he, he made it very plain and clear. Except a man be born of water, except a man be born, that child is there in the mother's womb in water. But it is born, it is brought out of that, brought out of the womb. And he says there that you must be born of that water. And of the Spirit, you must have both births. And we all have agreed here this morning. We've had that first birth. Now, have we had that second birth? Remember, and that born of the Spirit. Now, what's he talking about? Born of the Spirit. Receiving, first of all, believing, repenting, and receiving that new birth, that new spirit that he has said, I will make to you a new man. I will take the old away and make you new. But he says, he goes on and make it very plain and clear. Listen, he says, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God if you don't have that. 
That's the second time. We go back over there, and he said there, he told him to begin with. He says, you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you have that new birth. Now he said again, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. We've had that new, we've had that fleshly birth. Now we've got to have the spiritual birth if we want to enter into the kingdom of God. Is there anybody here today that does not want to enter into the kingdom of God? I want to ask you that question. Would there be anybody here that does not want to be a part of the kingdom of God? Especially when we leave here. And we've got to, to, to be able to be a part of that. We've, uh, when we leave here, we've got to be a part of it while we are here upon the earth. We've got to be a part of the kingdom of God here while we are in the living body that he has given to us if we want to be a part of it when we leave here. I believe everybody here, I know they would, says, yes, I want to go to heaven. Well, if you want to go to heaven, there's a way, and he points it out very plain and clear, but he's, there is no other way but what he's talking about right here, my friends. You can try all other ways, but there is no other way but by Jesus Christ and by being born of the Spirit. And there is only one way that we can receive of that Spirit. And let's go on and read, and let's see what all it tells us. Marvel not that... I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. You can see some of those things. But canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. We don't understand, and we don't even know how that happens there. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And the unrighteous does not understand how that you can be born of that Spirit. But that only comes by repentance and by belief in Jesus Christ and full faith. And faith is nothing more but full, full belief in something. Look it up and see what it says. Believing, putting total trust and believing in something is what faith is. And that's what we've got to have here if we want to be born again, be born of the Spirit of God. Now I ask you this. Does everybody you say you want to be you want to go to heaven when we leave here? Do you want to be born of God? Do you want to be born of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost? Do you want that? Do you want it above all other things here upon the earth? Are you willing to give up everything for that? Put it into his hands. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? He still, he didn't understand all he's talking about. And I know that every one of us has been in that same position those that have received that new birth, you were at one time the same way that Nicodemus was. You didn't understand how these things could be until you saw, until someone helped you, and you took it to Jesus Christ, and you received that, and then you saw that this is 
born of God, born of the Spirit. Now, He has given me that. It is not my works, but it's the works of God in Jesus Christ to give these things to whosoever asks. He says, I came here to save the whole world. I came for the sins of the whole world. If he came for the sins of the whole world, that means everybody. That's just not you or not just me, but that's the sins of everybody. Nicodemus answered, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou master of Israel, and knowest not these things? You are supposed to be highly educated, Nicodemus. You are a master here. You are supposed to understand about the Scriptures and the law, and you do not understand this. There are people who have probably been here, come to church here all their life, or you can see people that profess Christianity forever, and they still don't understand about that spiritual birth. They've never had that spiritual birth. That comes by total submission. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. And that's what Jesus Christ has done all the way along while he was here upon the earth. He says, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know. He spoke the things that he knew from God the Father. He was, that is what he was able to testify that we have seen and you received not our witness. Throughout the world today, there are people in that same condition. They come there and they feel like, that. yes, I am religious, but they don't understand what he's talking about. They don't understand about that new birth, that how it can take sins out of your life. How it will keep you on that straight and narrow path if you will just walk with it. How it will give you that perfect mind. And how that you can overcome sin in every situation. And how that you know and understand that there is nothing that he will let come upon you but what he, there is a way for you to escape, a way for you to overcome. That is what Jesus Christ and God the Father has prepared. And that is what He was preparing here in the name of Jesus. That's the name I want you to remember today. Not my works, not yours, but the works of Jesus Christ. He says, I have told you earthly things and you believe not. How shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven... But he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven, none of us has ascended up to heaven on our works. But God, Jesus Christ, has descended here. He, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And he was here upon the earth for about 33 years. He went out and he preached and he taught all the people for about three years there. And they put him to death. Brought him there. And it is so it's on my mind about 
how Judas betrayed him. We've talked about these things recently. How deceitful. How terrible it was in the sight of God and in the sight of his fellow disciples there for him to come up there to Jesus, hail master, and kiss him. Nicodemus came in a different way. He came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. What did Judas do? Hail, Master. Betraying him into the hands of the enemy. But Jesus knew that it was for this cause that he came here to the earth. And he called him friend. Terrible things that took place there. And I want us to all to understand also what he said, what he told Peter. He says, could you not watch with me? Peter, the Lord was there in agony, praying earnestly to his Father. And Peter and the other disciples going to sleep. He has given us a message here today, earnestly showing us what we must have that we can have eternal life. Are you asleep? Are you asleep spiritually? Do you want to hear his word? He came back to Peter there and he said, Peter, could you not watch with me but just one hour? And can you not just listen for one hour here this morning to the wonderful words of life? And he went on to tell him. He says, Peter... The flesh is weak, but the Spirit is willing. That flesh that you and I have is weak, and we cannot overcome. But the Spirit, he says, is willing. The Spirit is willing. The Spirit of God, the Spirit that he's talking about here, that we must be born of the Spirit, is willing to overcome all things for you, willing to make you new, to give you peace, to give you hope. That's what he's talking about there. Aren't you a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we know and we testify that we have seen and you receive not our witness. If I have told you of earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That's words of Jesus Christ. I'm reading them, and I'm talking to you about it this morning. 
I want to emphasize what he is saying so strong to you that you will take it to your own individual self and you will repent if that's the situation that you're in today and accept him. But listen, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And do you know that story that took place? Do you know what happened there? The people would get outside of the camp and there were serpents there and they would bite them and it was sure death. But Moses and God gave to Moses an antidote for that. He told him what to do. He said, if you, Moses, you go and you make this brazen serpent and you put it upon a rod and you hold it up and when someone gets bit by that poisonous snake, if they'll look upon that and believe upon that they will be saved. They will not die. And he says, that's what I'm going to do. He was just telling Nicodemus, that's what Moses took place. You ought to understand that, Nicodemus. He says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Even must so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He must be lifted up upon that cross so that everybody could see what he was doing so that man's salvation would be finished. That's what took place on that cross. Man's salvation was finished. And now we can have be a part of that. Every one of us can. We can be a part of that salvation. That whosoever then believeth in him that was hanging on that cross that came here, the Son of God, should not perish, but have eternal life. Again, is there anybody here today that does not want eternal life? I want eternal life. And I know I can have it. And I know you can have it. Put your faith and trust there. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is probably the most quoted verse in this whole book. And people look upon it and they, they try to live by that. They take it and they say, well, look, this is all, all that I've got to do. This is what Jesus Christ said. For God so loved the world. He loved the people in this world, you and me, so much. And he did not want to see a one of us perish and spend eternity in hell. He loved us so much that He gave His only begotten Son, His only Son that was begotten by the Holy Ghost to a virgin here upon the earth. And she brought forth that man-child. She raised that man-child. And when he, he became about 30 years old, he went out preaching and teaching and doing the work that his father sent him here to do. And he lost favor with man at that time. 
with most of the men. Yes, there was some people that he gained favor with. They believed on him. And this is what it says that we must do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And then he gives us a commandment. He says, if we want that, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. Believing upon him. And again, that goes back to having full faith that what he has promised us, he will do. That is believing in him. That he will do it. What was he telling Nicodemus about? You must be born again. Do you think he just told him that and then was not going to show him how to receive that new birth? And that's what I want us to understand today, that yes, he's told us that. Now he's telling us how we can have that new birth so that we can have that eternal life, that everlasting life that he has promised there. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. We were already condemned. Every single one of us was condemned to hell. And that's what we deserve. But God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on that cross. Not only to die on the cross, but to overcome Satan in every situation. And then he said, it's finished. Now, it's whether or not we believe on him. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish. I don't want to perish. I want to lay this body down. I want this body to perish. But I want my soul to have everlasting life. And Jesus Christ just told Nicodemus and telling us today how we can have that through him. Believing in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now here again, he's talking there to Nicodemus and telling him all these things. <clears throat> of who he was and what God had done. And God had sent him here not to condemn the world because you're already condemned. He came here to save the world by living in accordance with how God would have him live and by going through that death that we just talked about. He that believeth on him is not condemned. No, not condemned anymore. We've had our sins taken away because we totally believe in Him. We trust in Him. And we have asked for our sins to be taken away and 
we have repented of them. And those that do that, God will choose us then when He sees that we have truly done these things. God will choose us to receive that new birth, to receive that Spirit, to receive that Spirit of the Holy Ghost that He is offering to all. And that we've read about how the people received that, how that He came here to the earth, He lived this life. You go on and He talks about that in the end of these books, the end of the Gospels, how that wait, I will send to you a comforter now. I am going to ascend back unto my Father, but I will be there and I will send to you a comforter. Believe on me, and I'll send it to you. And you can be a part of what he's talking about here. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You don't have that new birth. You are still lost. You are... Listen to what he said. He says, He that believeth on him is not condemned. Remember that. Believing on Him, we've had that condemnation taken away. Jesus paid the price. Now we can have that eternal life. But he that believeth not, is there anybody here today that would not believe the words that we are speaking, believe that this is Jesus Christ's words, and that He is telling us how that we can have that eternal life? Would anybody not believe that? He says, though, if you believe not, you're condemned already. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. And this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Can you imagine that? Yes, I can. And I can see how Satan is so deceitful today and how he will constantly be trying to bring something unto your mind so that he can get that light darkened and that you look upon that sin as that is something that you, you think is the light. But it is nothing but darkness. It is nothing but the evilness of Satan there pretending to show you the light. But it is nothing but darkness. But there is a light from Jesus Christ that is shining bright and the righteous are able to see and to know it. And they will follow that light. This is condemnation, that light is coming to the world, that light of Jesus Christ. And men love darkness rather than light. Is there anybody here today? I keep asking you these questions. I want you to answer them to yourself. Let God show you. Do you prefer darkness, spiritual darkness over spiritual light? Ask yourself that question. Do you want to live in darkness, spiritual darkness? He's offering us light. He's offering us hope and peace just by accepting Him. 
He says men loved darkness. And you can look out through the world today and men love that darkness so much they want to live in it. They love the wages of sin. But that will only be for a few short years while they're here. And because then that they had did not come to the light, because that they loved the darkness of sin, they will spend eternity in darkness. When the righteous in that glorious, wonderful place of eternal life in that new city, with all the righteous, with Jesus Christ and God, with the light of God shining and the light of God can shine for you today right here upon the earth, my friends. That's what he's talking about here. But men love darkness. I don't want that darkness. I don't want sin in my life. And I know that if I would use that spirit that he has given to me, I can overcome it. And if I see that I have faltered, that spirit will break me. And he is quick to forgive. Friends, don't wait too long. Don't put it off. Seek him. Become pure. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light lest his deeds be reproved. That is why men hate the light, because it reproves them. It condemns their darkness that they are living in. It condemns their lifestyle. We look around today and man making laws and all kind of things so that people can continue to live and stay in darkness. And man telling them that that's okay, you can live in darkness. You just believe on Him, say you believe on Him, and you can still be a come and do and live in these type word ways. That's living in darkness. The light of Jesus Christ, the light of God, will lead you away from sin. It will never lead you into sin. It will lead you away to victory in Jesus Christ. Not in yourselves, but victory in Him. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God, that they are God's works in him from that day forth. I want those other works, those sinful works, to be made manifest also, so that they are taken away that I go and I say, yes, I am a sinner. I have repented now. Now after I repent, after I get that new birth, I am not going out and living in sin and I am not a habitual sinner anymore. You've got that new birth. You've got that new life. You might make a mistake, but you will be broken. But you are not what I call a sinner. He's talking up here. He says there, those that say that everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. That is a sinner, and every one of us have been in that position and are in that position if we have not had that new birth. 
But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. How do you and I do truth? There's only one way, and that's repenting. Believing in Jesus Christ. Having faith and trust in Him. And repenting of our sins. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. Then we are coming toward the light of Jesus Christ. That His deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. And that's what we should each one be looking strongly for today. That our deeds, the deeds in us, are the works of the new spirit. That they are the works of God in you. Not your works, but the works of God in you. That is what we need to be looking and seeking for today. After these things came Jesus to his disciples and to the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized, and John also was baptizing in Anon near to Siloam. Because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized, for John was not yet cast into prison. And there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came to John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that is with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. And he's talking about the spiritual part. He's talking about having been able to receive that spirit, that new birth. He says, a man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. And almost all understand that today. And there is a way, though, that we can receive that. Ye yourselves here bear witness of me that I said, I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. John just telling them who he was. He says there that Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. And the church, the people that believe on him, is the bride. But the friend of the bridegroom, and he was just telling them all, he's wanting them to understand how it was. He says, now, I am promoting Jesus Christ. He's the bridegroom. He says, but I am a friend of him. And I am standing beside him. And I am teaching the words that God would have for me to teach. And I'd rejoiced greatly because I was able to do these things. I was able to be the forerunner. But I am not the bridegroom. But I rejoiced greatly because I have had a part in it. And you and I can rejoice greatly today because we can be a part of the bride. We can be a part of the wedding. 
with Jesus Christ. He is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. And he will bring that church together. That's the spiritual church. That is the people all over the world and has been all the way along. That's the bride. Those that has had that new birth, those that just as has accepted him, just as we've talked about here today. That's what I want you to understand. But John could just look over and say, I have rejoiced greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. Can you hear the voice of the bridegroom today? Are you rejoicing as John was in his word? Are you hearing the word of Jesus Christ and rejoicing in it? Or is it something that you hear the word spoken, but you are letting Satan come in just as that sower was sowing the seed and he would sow the seed and some would fall upon the ground there, not where the ground had been prepared. Fall by the wayside. And the birds of the air come and immediately pick up that, that seed and take it away and it did not bring forth any fruit. It did not even, was not even nurtured a little bit to just start growing. The birds took it away. What is happening right in you today? The sower is sowing the word. The sower is sowing it free and simple so that you might understand it. Are you accepting it? And will let it grow within you and bring forth 30-fold, 40-fold, 100-fold, whatever the Lord gives to you? Or will you allow Satan to immediately take these, this message, take it out of your mind? What are you listening? How are you listening? How are you accepting? Let's put it that way. Give it the good ground. Give it the good ground so that it can grow and bring forth fruit in you, spiritual fruit, as he said there. But he that doeth the truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. Let it be in you today that the good deeds that's being done in you is the works of God because you are furnishing it the good ground and you are not letting Satan take it out of your mind, but you are furnishing the good ground. He must increase but I must decrease. And he did. John was beheaded. 
John's work was finished here upon the earth. He had been out and he was preaching repentance for the remission of your sins. But he says, this man Jesus Christ is now coming. And his work will go on. It will increase. But mine will decrease. The works of Jesus Christ, because they hung him on that cross, did not his works did not decrease. His works are still increasing today. There are people upon the earth that are hearing this word and believing in it and moving up, getting closer, walking closer, and being at one. And their works are being manifest that they are works of God. He that cometh from heaven is above all. He is above all things. He is the works, the works of God, the works of Jesus Christ. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth. And that's what we've read here this morning. The testifying of Jesus Christ, of what he had seen and heard from his Father. That is what he has testified of. And that's what I want you to understand. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. I want to receive his testimony. I have received his testimony. And you can say that too, if you'll repent. If you will receive what he has to give to us. He that hath received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. He that has received the testimony of Jesus Christ that I am the Son of God and that you must believe that I am the Son of God and you must ask to have your sins taken away, repent of your sins. That's the testimony of Jesus Christ. And if we believe upon that and we receive of that, he says, has set to his seal. You have been sealed with that Holy Ghost that God is true. There is an absolute truth, and that's the Word of God. It is being taught throughout the world today that there is no absolute truth. That is what young people are being taught today throughout our country, that there is no absolute truth, but there is an absolute truth. It is the Word of God. It is the Word of Jesus Christ. And we must live by it if we want to receive that testimony in us and set to His seal, the seal of God, that God is true. You want the seal of God upon your life? I do. I want to hear, enter you into my kingdom, thou good servant, thou good and obedient servant. Not by our works, but because we have had the testimony of Jesus Christ in our life. And because we have set his seal, 
We have been sealed to God through Jesus. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God. God sent Jesus. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him, but he gives it all. We will be able to receive all of the Spirit, not just part of it, but we will be able to receive it all so that we can overcome all. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. Do you believe that? Do you believe, go back to what we were talking about earlier. Do you believe that the Father loved His Son so much that He sent Him here? He loved us, but He loved His Son. And He was able then to give His Son the power to accomplish all that he asked him to do here, even the cross. And he hath given all things into his hands. All things. All things into the hands of Jesus Christ. That means us being able to receive what he's talking about here. That new birth. So that all people can overcome. It all ties together. The Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into His hands. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Now I want you to listen carefully to that. Listen carefully to it. The words that we have been speaking here today, the sower has sowed these things. He sowed the seed. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believes on the Son is the one that had the land prevailed Prepared. He reached the sower, sowed the seed. It fell on good ground. It fell in your mind. You were hungering and thirsting for righteousness. You were hungering and thirsting to know how to have eternal life. To get out of that condition that you were in. That lost condition. You believed on the Son of Man. Hath everlasting life. That's a promise. But then he goes on, and this is a promise also. He that believeth not the Son hath not, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now I want to tell you something. God is love. And we've read all about that today, and, and it's been shown to us how that God loves his, man, his people so much, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
And then in this last verse, what does he go over here and tells us about? He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He just backs up that promise. But he also goes on and he tells what takes place to those that does not believe. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. What is the wrath of God? Do you understand what that is? The wrath of God is being cast away from the righteous. That is being cast into that lake of fire that he said that those that comes up and are judged. And he says the righteous will go on the right. But the unrighteous, the evil, those that believe not, those that hear the word and believe not, will be cast on the left. And those that are cast into the left will be cast into that lake of fire where the beast and the false prophet and Satan are. Now, where do you want? Do you want to hear and believe on Him and have everlasting life? I believe that we've talked about that. And everybody here, I've said, I believe would like to have everlasting life. I know they would. There's nobody here that wants to go to hell. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Jesus Christ in His Word. God has shown us today how that can happen. And His Son came for everybody. Isn't that wonderful and encouraging for us to know that He didn't say just for a certain few people, but He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Wonderful words of life, friends. Believe. Have faith. Have faith in Jesus Christ. Believe. And repent of your sins. And be baptized. Be baptized with the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. That new birth that He's talking about. And we will have eternal life. You will have eternal life. Abide with Him. Walk close with Him. Be ye perfect even as He is perfect. His words are the truths, God, Jesus, friends. The Word of God is truth. That is what has been taught to you and spoken to you today is the truths of God. Will you accept it? Will you believe upon it totally? Will you get Satan out of your life with, by using these words? Repenting. He overcame it. He paid the price for you. That beautiful city, that eternal life has been paid for for you. And if you haven't repented, you are now living in corruption. You are living in the worst possible place you could live spiritually. 
But He is there offering to us a new life, a new place, if we'll just come to Him. And all of that other will be taken away. And you can have that new birth. We talked a lot about that in the last few weeks. But I believe it's been made very plain and clear to us today about that new birth and what we must have to have eternal life. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. I want eternal life. And I want you to have eternal life. Believe in Him. Jesus Christ. I will mention, we will have our Monday night meeting here tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. And we will sing number 273, Near the Cross. Number 273. <laughs> 
I hope you were paying attention to the words in that song. It can be so encouraging what it said. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain flowing. Free to all. A healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. Flows from Jesus Christ. And then he goes on just over and over and over. Love and mercy found me. Help me walk from day to day. And then he says there, till I reach the golden strand. He says, near the cross, I'll watch and wait. Hoping Trusting, and I'm going to add believing. Trusting is believing. Ever till I reach the golden strand, just beyond the river. Till I walk over, till I go over into the promised land. He is there with his reached out arms waiting for all the righteous to cross over. Isn't that something to think about? And he paid the price so that you can. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged that I can have a new birth. Let us pray. To God the Father, we just thank you so much for your wonderful words. For the words that you have had recorded that we can be able to sit down and we can stand here and read today and to let it be explained to us how we can receive that new spirit from you and how we can abide in your love and all the love that you have for us of what you have done for mankind and what you will do for us we just thank you for it Lord and we beg for guidance in the upcoming days that you keep that on our mind and that we are able to to furnish your word good ground so that it brings forth fruit in us and show us how we can encourage one another in your word. God be with us in the next few days to help us to use the things that you've entrusted into our hands to honor you and the way you would have it to be done. And let us encourage one another in your work. And in your Son, Jesus Christ's name, we ask for guidance. And we ask for your Spirit to be strong in us. And we ask and we say, Amen.